0: Hey, this is Misha Tate, and today on the Throwing Down Podcast, my special co-host for the week, Ryan McKennell, and I speak to veteran UFC reporter Megan Olivi to discuss UFC 272 and her outstanding career in broadcasting in honor of Women's History Month.
1: One of my favorite people in the mixed martial arts space. You know her. You love her. She's the UFC's own Megan O'Leary. And she's stopping by throwing down right now to chop it up with myself
2: and Misha. Hi, Megan O'Leary. Oh, my gosh. Hi. You guys are far too kind. That was the nicest intro. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Ryan's well, known for that. I mean, you are kind of a... That is true, Misha. But also, you would agree that truly Megan O'Leary is like one of the nicest people in
0: mixed martial arts. So she kind of deserves a nice intro she definitely oh, does <laughs> but you are the king of, of, of intros i swear every show i do with you i'm like oh my god could i be any more flattered right now <laughs> exactly you know, someone's your, wife, do it. your wife someone's got to pay the- she she's done well she's raised you well my friend <laughs> (laughs) yeah yeah
1: it's my wife it's my wife who got the positive end of this deal right yeah we'll leave that alone for the next time we'll 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 leave that for somewhere later in the show but right now we got Megan to leave you here Megan listen um it is Women's History Month we are celebrating ladies here but I feel like we could have you on any time to talk about well really anything but uh, obviously mixed martial arts kind of on the docket today we just had UFC 272 um I I do want to talk about that I want to talk about your pathway in this sport but let's talk about the fights let's start with the fights um grudge match main event on saturday covington mosfetal didn't feel very grudgy when they got uh, (laughs) actually inside the octagon megan
2: yeah i mean i think for a lot of people it went down how they sort of predicted it would go down um i think with those two styles and the type of fighters that they are it it would have been surprising had it really gone another way in terms of both of their approaches. You knew that Jorge wanted to keep it on the feet. You knew that Colby was going to at least try to continue to, to threaten with that takedown and get it to the canvas. And whether that was Jorge gets back up and he does it again, or whether it was, he holds him down. Um, I think like looking at them stylistically, it was what a lot of us expected, but the X factor was the fact that Jorge, you know, has so much power and he's creative and, you know, he's got the knees and the, the striking. And so, I think at the end of it, you know, they are still heated, but like, what can you really do after a fight like that? Like that, it, those five rounds spoke for themselves, right? So when they told us all week, yeah. like, there's not going to be peace after the final horn and, you know, we're not hugging, we're not handshaking. And I understand that, but I think there's not really much more that comes of it, right? Like, it's not going to be as heated as if it was this like crazy back and forth battle.
1: Right. Yeah, Definitely. Definitely. Um, and, then, and listen, you talked about the styles. You talked about the, the sort of the unpredictability of George all. It is a little unfortunate that we didn't get to see it. But, Megan, I guess that kind of speaks volumes to the – the neutralization that, 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 that Colby Covington can bring into an octagon. We know about the wrestling base, you know, advanced striking, all that good stuff. But I mean, listen, you you can think any way you want about him as a person. And that's fine. I think the one thing you can't deny is we're truly watching one of the best pound for pound fighters in the entire sport. When Colby Covington steps in an octagon
2: hundred percent. And I think that's something that we all discussed a lot on the post show is that, Um, it wasn't that Jorge wasn't, you know, on that night. It was just the fact that Colby was so good. He was shutting down any, pretty much any and all attacks that were, you know, brought to him. And so, I mean, there's so much respect that has to be given to Colby as an athlete and what he's able to accomplish. I mean, Kamaru Usman is number one in the pound for pound list and he's the champion in that division, but Colby Covington can very well be on that pound for pound list as well. And he would probably be the world champion if Kamaru wasn't in his weight class, um, and, you know, that's difficult, right? That's difficult for athletes at that time to have such a dominant force be the reigning champion in their division. But um, I think he's just going out there and continuing to prove while he's so good. And he's smart about, you know, making these grudge matches. If he's not going to be able to hold the title, then he's going to like use his mouth to pick big fights and get paid and get notoriety and get these main events. And it, I mean, it seems to be working for him so far. Yeah.
0: Yes, it it absolutely does. And on the other side of this, you know, what's next for Masvidal? I'm curious if you like the idea of maybe a legacy fight between Masvidal and Robbie Lawler. I mean, I know that there's some talk of Conor McGregor and that could that happen. I think Ryan McKinnell was kind of pitching that a little bit earlier. But I kind of like a legacy fight between those two gentlemen. What do you what do you think could be next for Masvidal?
2: I mean, that's, that's a great matchup. I didn't even think about that, um, after the fight, but I, I think both the Connor fight and the Robbie fight could be so intriguing for different reasons. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, in the buildup, anybody that fights Robbie Lawler, like you ha- they respect Robbie. How can you not, you know, yeah. so it's not going to be this like crazy war of words. Um, but I think stylistically, in terms of, like you said, the legacy, who they are to the sport and for the sport, it would really be an intriguing, fun thing. But I, I also do like the idea of Jorge and Connor going, you know, back and forth at a press conference as well.
0: <laughs> Same. There will be a lot of meat on the bone yeah. in that fight.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Lindsey Rhodes, and with the NFL playoffs underway, what better time than now to check out my podcast, The NFL Road Show. We're going to break down the biggest games, key players, every angle in between, with guests that go past the low-hanging fruit and get to what you really need to know. We'll have new episodes every Monday and Thursday, all the way through Super Bowl 56 in my hometown of Los Angeles. So please subscribe today, wherever you stream your podcasts, or listen on the SXM app, included with most subscriptions.
1: We're here with the UFC's Megan O'Levy. Megan, as we celebrate uh, women this month and Women's History Month, this is like when we do Black History Month or any of these history months. Women's history is a part of American history. Black history is a part of American history, but so often, uh, you know, it doesn't get it talked about in the ways enough that it should. But uh, I'm very happy to have you on here and, and to talk about not just mixed martial arts, but to talk about uh, ladies in this sport because we just had Shannon Knapp on, right? Obviously, we've got Misha Tate. we got Kelly behind the board. This is a very women centric show just kind of sticking in line with my existence being raised by a grandmother and a mother but listen man you uh you have had I first of all when you came over to heavy I remember Rick Lee was your cameraman I remember when you yeah. first showed up to this sport all the way back in 2012 2013 fresh off your degree from Fordham you've got the Seton Hall background as well your pathway to this oh, sport, uh, the sport Megan I know it hasn't I know. Yeah, she is wearing the shirt. I know you. It hasn't been easy for you, but I don't know the entire story. So, I I mean, can you just I know you got a lot of fans out there, right? Even people that are on this channel, Kelly, Ariel, they all look up to you as a woman in sports. But again, I know this journey wasn't easy for you,
2: Megan. Yeah, no, it certainly wasn't. There are still times where it isn't, and I'm sure, I'm sure Misha can yeah. attest to the exact same thing. I mean, you you want to talk about women in the sport, and Misha Tate is the gold standard. She's a pioneer, and she continues to just break barriers and. I mean, do things that only she could do for the rest of women in this sport. I mean, if it weren't for Misha Tate, we we wouldn't have women in this octagon and we wouldn't have so many different sure. things going on. So, I mean, to be on this show for this month and, and be on with someone like Misha, who I admire and respect as a competitor and a person, you know, means a lot. But I think we can both probably tell you that it's still uphill. I mean, there's still a lot of hurdles to overcome. And just when you think like, all right. We're we're chilling. We're here. Then it's like, oh, okay. Here's another thing. So, you know, I think that's just part of that's just part of it. And I don't think either of us, or really any of us, know any different. If there weren't, uh, if if there wasn't adversity, or if there weren't challenges, um, we probably might be bored with it. Uh, so, you know, it's 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 fun to break those barriers, and it's. For me, I mean, it means a lot to know that I have my role because I'm the best at it, not because I'm a woman. Um, there are men who could also do my job and there are women who could also do my job, but I have it because I've worked for it and I've made it what it is. And, you know, I, I think there's a lot of pride to be held in that. And, you know, it's just about like, OK, we're here now. So how do we take it to the next level? It's, it's. There's never, I think, when you're a woman... In sports in general, but certainly in this sport, I don't think there's ever a sense of complacency. I don't think that you can ever just be comfortable. You have to always be pushing boundaries and looking to be able to prove you can do the next thing or you can be innovative with this because if you're just standing still, it almost feels like you're moving backwards.
0: Yeah, I I love so much of what you said. And and ironically enough, it, it I guess it shouldn't be surprising. But a lot of what you're saying is very much along the lines of what Shannon Knapp was saying. And I just find that so interesting to see two very strong, powerful women who have the similar mindset. Um, I'd like to think, think that I share in part of that in the adversity part, you know, that if it was easy, you know, maybe we wouldn't be where we're at because we do like the idea, right, of conquering and overcoming and, and getting through those hurdles. So I guess, do you have an example or a moment in time or something that was like, man, that was just a really difficult time or maybe you didn't think you were going to get to where you are now, but kind of how you navigated through that situation?
2: I mean, it's hard to think of like one specific time. I just think in general, Ryan can probably tell you like when I started, there weren't really many female reporters. Karen Bryan is the OG. She's been there for years before I ever came along. And so she really welcomed me with open arms. But there weren't really a lot of other females you would see at media days or, you know, backstage at fight nights. And I think think there's like this weird misconception that if – if you're on a broadcast or you're part of a, a team, or whether it's digital content or, or television content or whatever, you're just there to check a box like, oh, they needed a woman or she must know somebody or it's because she's cute or it's because she's young. None of those things happen. I mean, I have my I have my master's from Fordham University. I've worked my tail off. I started at nothing. I still feel like I'm at nothing. You know, it, it never feels like I've accomplished anything. But I think it's those misconceptions that you must just be there because like you are friends with somebody. And and I think that still really holds true um, for a lot of the way people look at female broadcasters or females in specific roles. And, you know, I I think that's a challenge that is getting easier, but it's still challenging. And I'm sure, you know, Misha, I'm sure you felt like that at certain points in your life too. You're like, I'm not here because I'm a woman, I'm here because I'm the best or I'm here because this is where I deserve to be and I've worked for it. So I think yes, those things can absolutely. can be challenging. But then it's also like you get judged on those ends. But then like if you're not wearing like the best outfit one night or you're maybe a little off, like I was super sick this week. And if you slip up, then it's like you're crucified for it. So it's kind of like sometimes you feel like you're in a lose-lose <laughs> situation and you just have to find like the whys and like you know, you just have to figure out like I'm doing this for me or, or whatever that motivation is and, and stick with it.
1: Right. What's your, what is your why Megan O'Leary? Is it Joe? Is it the family? Is it for me? Sometimes I'm sitting here 15 years. It's like, well, shit, Megan, I don't know anything else. So I am curious to your <laughs> motivation. I mean, I'm just being honest. What is, what is yeah. your why?
2: Well, I'm, I think for me, the motivation is the athletes, Um, whether it is UFC mm. or whether it's in the NFL games that I cover. It is, so important to me. And it all comes from my husband, um, that I can tell the stories of our athletes as human beings. And if I can get somebody to learn one nugget about one fighter or one football player that they didn't know, and it makes them care, then I feel like I am doing my job. So I take that so, so seriously. And it, and it truly like, hits my heart. Like, I want you to know all the cool, amazing, um, challenging things that this person has in their life and they have to offer you. And so maybe you don't know anything about fighting or maybe you know everything. And if I can just sort of give you another reason to care, like that for me is the why. And I do love the thrill of a live broadcast. I love doing things that, that a lot of of other people can't do. Um, for me, that's like, Oh, I do, you know, I, I really get something from that as well. Like when the pressure is on, but to just be able to highlight these, even if it's just a little thing or, it, you know, it's a fighter making their debut or whatever, to be able to be a part of that story and peel back the layers and and let the world and maybe their family watching hear like, oh, I can't believe she- she said that you know that that matters to me so much because that's what I always wanted for Joseph during his career. People to know him as a full person, and that's like that's my why every week. And it doesn't matter if it's a pay per view or a fight night, if it's a huge NFL game or if it's a small NFL game. To me, it still matters just as much. Every person that's involved. I
1: I love that answer because there's a window into there that that you that you gave. Now I don't want to par- I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'll paraphrase almost like. You don't trust anyone else to do it. It's weird that like this mixed martial arts builds like this sort of homerism <laughs> or this armor to where like, no, this is our sport and we have to carry that flag. It feels like you have that same thing that we all have.
2: No, absolutely. it It is. It, it's a yeah. sense of pride. And I think I also get a lot of that because I I sometimes work in other sports where people might be like, Oh, UFC, I don't really know, you know, and there's still those non-believers, but if you can sort of convert them and if you can give them a reason to think of our athletes as not just two people fighting inside an octagon, but like two human beings that are fully, look at Misha Tate. I mean, she's got two children and she's doing what other people can't do. This is insane. Like, but if you don't know about the sport and you don't know that, then you're not giving credit or credence to these incredible sacrifices and, and these human beings that are doing again, what so many others cannot and they only dream about doing. So it is. It's like I'm gonna tell these stories the best that I can because <laughs> I feel a duty and a sense within myself to do that.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and We're and here a, with and, Megan and O'Leavy. A, Go ahead, amazing,
0: Misha. Amazing, amazing how you put that in how you tell stories. I mean, I to this day, and I'm not just saying this because you're here, right? I mean I would say it either way. You are one of the best, most candid, genuine interviews that I have. And I think that's where that comes from. What you're saying right there is that you're not just having a script in front of you and asking me the next question. I mean, it's like you are invested in the sport. And I feel like when I talk to you, you are invested in me. So I'm thankful that I have someone to share that where you can, that you can help me tell my story. So you are incredibly valuable to this sport. And, um, Okay, so, so we're talking about, you know, sort of a camaraderie here and how, you know, women can, can, um, Play off of each other's energies, and I don't mean it by this conversation to exclude men what's whatsoever. But I just right. think that sometimes no, go there ahead. is exclude us. <laughs> yeah.
1: Exclude away. Yeah,
0: get out. You can you can hang up the headphones now, yeah. Ryan. We got this. I'm gonna... um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but there is something to be said, you know, to realize that women can do it too. Because we've always gotten to see the men doing it, right? We were kind of like following their footsteps. But just when you get the chance to see a female being successful, it's like, oh, that's that's one that's one of me. Like I can. And try to model myself after this person or find my own creative way but I'm seeing that she's doing it too and that women can do it too we know men can do it because we see it but to see women do it and be successful at it is very important to our daughters and to my daughter and also to our yeah. sons too to accept that women can do it and not necessarily try to segregate us right so let me ask you was there any particular woman who influenced your career I know you brought up Karen Bryan. I mean, maybe she was, but I mean, how you even got into MMA or just covering sports and to any particular woman that had an important role in influencing you, not just what you do as a career, but who you are as a person.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, that's it's a great question. I think for me, my realization of what I wanted to do came at the very end of my college career. So I think I was influenced without even realizing it. Um, people like Michelle tofoya and Tracy Wolfson, and Aaron Andrews. Um, it, I I was obsessed with the New York Yankees growing up. And so whenever there was a female on the sidelines for Yankees games, you know, I think without even realizing it, I was really taking those things in. And again, I didn't know this was a career path until I was like 22 years old. And then, you know, that's why I got my master's so I could have a degree to back it up. But there, I think that I'm constantly influenced by women, um, especially in the broadcasting space, because, yes, there are way more women now, but there there's certainly not as many women on air, especially in the sports world, yeah. than there are men, and Again, I just like exactly what Misha said like I have the best colleagues. Like Joe Rogan, John Annick, Daniel Cormier, they are the best. Um and they yeah. never make me feel different or anything. So I just want to make sure that I say that. Like they never make it like oh, she, the woman on our team or whatever. We're just all a family. But yep. I think um I think now I really I take a lot from everyone I can interact with. Like anybody that I can work with um like on the football field, there's a lot of team reporters we help each other out throughout the games. We talk to one another, we're keeping each other in the loop. Hey, I just heard this on the sideline. And so even like female fighters, whoever it is, I just feel like there's a lot that you can take um, from those situations. So for me um, it's, it's the people I interact with, but then a huge influence to me in my life is, is Kelly Ripa. Um, the host of Kelly and Ryan, she is somebody I idolized for a long time. And then we, you know, my husband and her husband are friends and we eventually became friends and she's given me some of the best advice in my life. Um, she has never made me feel less than her, even though, Let's be honest, like she's Kelly Riffa. Um, so I, I think I think it's been really cool to have those type of influences. But in terms of impact, I'd say she's the biggest one in my life and continues to be. Um, and sometimes just when you need that, like pick me up, she just knows somehow and I'll get a text or a message and it it means a lot because sometimes it can be isolating and Misha, I'm sure you felt like that too. Like you can be surrounded by people who love you and want to understand, but sometimes there's just things you don't understand unless you're a woman in that position. And so, you know, when somebody else can reach out or or they can just have a conversation with you where they get it as well, it really means a lot.
0: Yes. I love, I love everything that you said. Beautifully put. Um, Speaking of, of beautifully put, can we go shopping? Can you dress me, please? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> we, we both live in Vegas, and I'm just looking at she you, was, and I'm like, she was, I, girl, she was talking I need about to get this on your level. Show. Yeah, I was like, I need to get on your level. I was like, I need some input. I was like, I want to hire you as my personal, like, just dress me up. Make me look fabulous because, girl, you have got it going on. I love your oh. style, your shoes, your outfits, all of it. Just give me a little bit of that insight because I try to put it together sometimes, and I'm, like, looking at your Instagram, like, all right, this is what I should try to, like, wear and dress like. And I'm like, you need to get out and branch out of my leggings a little bit and (laughs) – get myself yeah, but you're perfect. together
2: you're perfect you can wear anything <laughs> and it looks amazing um oh. I think there's an art to dressing for tv and I don't know you know what it is it's a gift and a curse because I love clothes and I love like showing up in a fly outfit but then the pressure is like oh my god no I sometimes have to. I just want to like wear the, wear the
0: same one right yeah so you exactly. can't wear the same one that, I've seen you quote unquote looking like a, a schlub and you never have looked like a schlub so I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about but um but <laughs> but I'm, I'm really serious about that. I'm not just joking about that on radio. I'm like, well, I have you. Um, Let's do it. i to ask you this. So I would love to nothing more. Like 100% would love nothing more. I need to go know where you go shopping. And I need all the deets. OK,
2: we're in. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you in on a secret. Everything I wear is from sale. Basically, I buy everything off season, and then I love wait it. until the actual yes. season to wear it. Oh, yes, I love it. That's my yes. kind of girl. Ever, my, that's my ever
0: kind of the, the
1: budgeter. That's right. Keep that that's right, right. <laughs> at the forefront. I do this.
0: I'm actually. <laughs> I'm thinking.
1: Of, I'm thinking of my sweatpants and hoodies right now. I'm checking my deals <laughs> on Fat Kid Deals. I'm gonna have a whole delivery coming over the next couple of months. Megan O'Leavy <laughs> on a Monday. I can't thank you enough for giving us a few minutes. It was a blast, Megan.
2: Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. I love you all. I appreciate it. Thank Have you. a great rest of the show. And I think you're both just so fantastic. Thanks for having me. Throwing Down
0: with Renee and Misha is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The show is produced by Michael Russo and Kelly Murphy. Sound design by Nari Balin. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen, and Sirius XM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. Series XM Podcasts.